TII item 308, May 22nd, 2014, iTunes 11.2, podcast app 2.1.x. Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song with my iPhone 4S using GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Thanks, Jeff, for the music, and I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Pat for sending in the artwork for today's show. Pat wrote the following. Hi, Rob. The artwork submission attached doesn't look that special at first glance, but it really shows off the amazing sensor on the new iPhone 5S. I use the slow shutter app, one word, set on auto to capture a time lapse of the International Space Station as it passed over Austin, Texas. The brightness magnitude of the ISS was minus 2.9 and the exposure time was about 45 seconds. The TII branding was done with the Fonto app. Both apps are free. Regards, Pat in Austin. Pat, thanks again for sending in the artwork. And folks, you can see Pat's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 308, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, I think the iPad is stuck in a difficult place between the smartphone and the laptop and it's not nearly as convenient as a phone or as powerful as a laptop. That's based on all of four hours playing with it. The device will get more powerful and lighter and less expensive over time. It may turn into a mainstream computing platform, but I don't think it's there yet. And I don't think Apple has the kind of hit on its hand that it had with the iPhone. Unquote. Fred Wilson, BC, 6th of April, 2010. If Fred Wilson opens his mouth and talks about anything Apple, just go with exactly the opposite of what he says. Just saying. This week we have promo codes for a couple of items. The first is the ebook Little Millie's Big Plan, and here is the review from the ebook author. This is Tom Garahan, author and illustrator of Little Millie's Big Plan, available on iBooks for $2.99. Little Millie's Big Plan is a rhyming, heartwarming children's book for ages 3 to 8. It has lively, full-color illustrations that will captivate your child as they learn that it's better to get to know someone before making up your mind about who they are, perfect for reading to little ones or for older kids to read themselves. Everyone thinks Mrs. Grundell is a witch, a problem Little Millie believes she can fix. Mrs. Grundell's house looks haunted and it's falling apart, but that doesn't mean she doesn't have a good heart. Millie's a smart kitty who can figure things out. She can sense all things good and bad without a doubt. Mrs. Grundell is unhappy, and little Millie can tell, and she knows she just has to do something to help. Little Millie thinks up a plan, a really big plan, to get five frightened children to help out if they can. Will a chimney, a kitty, and a bit of pretend help Mrs. Grundell get some really good friends? Thanks to Tom for his review of his ebook and for sending in the promo codes to give away. 
Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put big plan in the subject line. Second item we have promo codes for is the app F Notes. No recording for this one, but the description from iTunes is Sync Notes via Dropbox, has support for the revolutionary keyboard Flusky, support for Text Explorer. You can lock notes with passwords. It is a minimalist notes app that is a good replacement for the Apple Notes app. Thanks to the devs for sending in the promo code to give away on this one. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Fnotes, one word, in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple apps in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Apple had a couple of big updates last week and they were geared towards podcast consumers iTunes 11.2, and the podcast app 2.1, and then 2.1.1. Per iTunes 11.2, what Apple said were some of the updates. Quote, this update includes the following improvements. Improved podcast browsing. Quickly find episodes you haven't listened to in a new unplayed tab. Browse episodes that are available to download or stream in the feed tab. Save your favorite episodes to keep them on your computer. Episodes can now be automatically deleted after you play them. This update also resolves an issue where iTunes may become unresponsive when updating Geniuses and improves overall performance and stability. Podcasts for iOS 2.1 or later is recommended when syncing podcast episodes, unquote. It is great to see an update to iTunes specifically about podcasts. Sadly, this update also caused an issue where iTunes started downloading lots and lots of old episodes from your list of subscribed episodes and shows. For me, it seemed rather random which shows it would download old episodes for and how many. Out of 40 or so shows I am subscribed to in iTunes right now on my computer, about a dozen had between one and five older episodes download. Some people reported having all episodes download. We at Lipson have seen and continue to see a huge, huge spike in downloads since iTunes 11.2 came out. Basically, almost 2x the amount of downloads that we normally see. Um, Also, 11.2.1 came out, and uh, that was just a security update for 11.2 for Mac users only, FYI. If you downloaded 11.2 for the Mac, um, also make sure to download 11.2.1 as it does patch a security bug. Again, great to see Apple focused on podcasting for updates, even if the updates to iTunes was not without issues. Per the update for the podcast app, Apple said, quote, This update includes several improvements that make playing your favorite podcast even easier. Improved episode browsing. Quickly find episodes you haven't listened to in the new Unplayed tab. Browse episodes that are available to download or stream in the Feed tab. Save your favorite episodes to keep them offline. Episodes can now be automatically deleted after you play them. Tap on links that appear in the podcast and episode description to open them in Safari. 
So if you're listening to this show, by the way, and you are on the podcast app, that is, and you tap on the artwork in the play screen for this episode, you'll see the artwork switch around and you'll see the description for the episode with links that I am talking about in today's show. So you'll see all the links there now live in the description area. Uh, you can ask Siri. You can now ask Siri. Oh, I guess we should get back into the quote-unquote part of it. Quote, ask Siri. You can now ask Siri to play podcast episodes by simply saying play podcasts. To play specific podcasts or stations, just ask Siri to play them by name, like play today in iOS. Please note that Siri may not be available in all languages or in all areas. Additional improvements, podcasts now support CarPlay. Start playing a station right from the stations list. Just tap the play button next to the station name. Share links to your favorite podcasts using AirDrop. This update also resolves playback issues after syncing with iTunes and improves stability while downloading podcasts, unquote. So it is very nice to see Apple updating the podcast app and nice to be able to say, Siri, play podcast today in iOS or play podcast Dave's Lounge or play podcast Revolutions. And well, you get the point. It is nice to finally see Siri support for the podcast app. As I always say, as a podcaster, Apple is your friend. Google, definitely not at all. Here is some feedback on the updates from one listener. Hey, Rob. Yes, the Apple Podcasts update today is an unmitigated disaster, a cluster frack, if you will. First, it crashed all my devices, three iPhones, four iPads, Updated iTunes, still crashed. Deleted and re-downloaded, crashed a few times. Now I have a gazillion unheard podcasts that I am deleting one by one, but they keep coming back. Steve Jobs would have burst an artery. Best always, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for the feedback. And that does lead me to this comment. You need to update iTunes 11.2 if you updated the podcast app to version 2.1. Seems the two communicate a lot. And I found the same issue of crashing as I updated the podcast app first. Uh, but then once I updated iTunes 11.2 and it went through and finished downloading a ton of old episodes, from that point forward, the podcast app stopped crashing. And it has been working very well for me since. So if you are getting crashes with the podcast app, make sure this is folks out there because I, Jeff, you mentioned you've already done this, but make sure iTunes is updated on your computer as well. And if you still have crashes, do the old force quit all apps and reset network settings trick. But again, the podcast app should be working well for you now if you do the aforementioned actions. Also, I did update to 2.1.1 of the podcast app, which came out on the 17th, but I did not actually update until on the 21st. But if you are having issues with crashes, Make sure you are on version 2.1.1 and not just 2.1 and make sure iTunes is updated to 11.2 or 11.2.1 if you happen to have a Mac. There's some other people out there complaining from the Apple support community. There are complaints about the iTunes update. Uh, here's one. Since updating to 11.2, my podcasts have been giving me a couple issues. One, every time I start iTunes and try to refresh my podcast, it automatically starts to download all the old episodes of certain shows. I've tried to delete them manually, but it just downloads them again. I've marked them as played and left them to be deleted automatically after 24 hours, as they are supposed to be, but they just don't, uh, they just don't download again instead. Uh, note, it's 
only doing it for a few podcasts from one provider, AfterBuzz.tv, but it is not doing it for every show I subscribe to from them. Two, the ones it's not automatically downloading every old episode of have had the titles changed to Unknown Album. I tried restarting iTunes and my computer since this seems to have worked for other people with the Unknown Album problem in the past, but it does not work for me. Basically, it tries to download around 100 episodes or so every time I open iTunes, some of which are over two years old. It also is not deleting any podcasts after they've been marked as played for 24 hours. Meanwhile, my iTunes keeps finding older and older podcasts to download and will not stop. If I stop them in the download box, it just finds even older ones to download. It never ends. I've been trying to make it stop for hours. It's gotten back to 2011 now, and it keeps finding more. Again, that was a complaint over on the iTunes forums, and I can say, being at Libsyn, that, yeah, we're seeing almost a 2x number in downloads, and it is across the board, and it's older episodes, it's all over the place, and it is definitely the iTunes user agent that is causing all those extra downloads. Apple has been made aware of this issue, and hopefully there'll be a new version of iTunes 11.2.2 out shortly. Switching gears, we are now well over 750 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One question in the Google Plus community this past week came from Peco Patron, and he asked, quote, I was using Talkatone app to make and receive text and calls with my Google Voice account. Talkatone does not support Google Voice anymore. Does anyone have an app recommendation? Unquote. One answer was from Brian L., who uses the app Free Calls and Test by MO+. Another suggestion was to use Google Hangouts from Francisco. If anyone else has a good app replacement suggestion for Talkatone app, please let us know by either calling 206-666-6364 or emailing todayinios at gmail.com or by replying in the Google Plus community for this post from May 16th. Per the past week, there were dozens and dozens of other new posts in the Google Plus community and all in an Android Boys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Maybe it's the most civil Google Plus community, period. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. There's also a little Google Plus button in the upper right-hand corner of the TII website. And again, thanks to all 750-plus of you already in the community and contributing. And if you have submitted, I'll just tell you I'm recording this on the evening of the 21st into the morning of the 22nd. If you sent in a request before the 21st of May and you have not been accepted, it means I rejected you because you look like a spammer. So if you have sent in a request, you're going to need to send in another request to me. Just send that one in via email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know that you want to be added and I will add your email address and send you a personal invite. Here's some feedback on the uh, Google Plus community. Hi, Rob. I'm a new member of the Google Plus community, and it's awesome how it adds another dimension to the podcast. I am learning so much and discovered a really great Kickstarter project because of it. I want to recommend to those of your listeners who haven't joined us, just do it. You won't be disappointed. Regards, Rel. Well, thank you, Rel, for that feedback. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Just found this by accident. Great for people having trouble finding where to redeem promo codes iTunes gift cards on the iOS device. 
go to the App Store, tap on Search tab, and type in the word code, in quotes, or without the quotes, so just C-O-D-E. And bingo, bango, bongo, a redeem, a gift card page appears, and you can enter your redeem code. Regards, Lou V. Well, thanks, Lou. And folks, here is a tip from me. And this one is especially for those that have multiple iOS devices and are backing up to your computer on at least a Mac. In iTunes, go to Preferences, then click on Devices, and then delete out any extra backups for each device. I had not done that for quite a while. And after removing a bunch of backups, I reclaimed 18 gig, a little over 18 gig of hard drive space. So if you are running low on hard drive space, or even if you're not, this is a nice way to get some extra storage back on your computer. Again, go to Preferences, then click on Devices in iTunes on your computer, and then delete out those old backups that you don't need. Hi, Rob. Here is my iOS 8 top three wish list. One, better iCloud game and app saves. Right now, iCloud has to be backed, in, backed up into the app to work. Just a few games use it, which is unfortunate when you want to sync progress between iPhone and iPad. I'd like to see Apple sync app uh, and game progress for all apps automatically without the app developers needing to specifically implement it. Two, more customization. It would be great to be able to choose which camera app uh, the lock screen slider opens with instead of the stock camera app. It would also be great to choose which apps and settings are in the control center. And of course, custom keyboards like Swipe would be fantastic. Three, offline dictation for Siri. Dictation has been online, done online only. I hope that Apple gets all of the licensing they need to make it happen. Some other quick picks, offline maps in Apple Maps, reminder list sharing from within the app, and iCloud File Explorer, similar to Dropbox. We probably won't see any of these or many of these, but I can hope. Regards, Jordan from Mass. Hi, Rob. Byte SMS functionality, Apple creating themes, replacing uh, Springboard, and better contact backlisting. That's what I'd like to see in iOS 8. Regards, John S. Hi, Rob. I would like to see Apple have passcodes for the photo app and the text message app and any other app you decide to have passcodes written for. Regards, Chardet. Hi, Rob. Relative to my iOS 8 wishes, one, I vote for custom keyboards, or maybe they could fiddle with the caps key again. No! Two, now that your caller has mentioned it, a darker low-light mode would be good, and maybe an auto-removal of full-white transition screens. Three, I'd like to see them fix control panels so that it's the same layout in both orientations. Regards, Dan. Hey, Rob. Thought I would let you know that if your iPad is jailbroken, you can download a tweet called OS Experience that will allow you to run two apps simultaneously on a split screen. Now you don't have to wait until iOS 8 is released. Regards, Blind Joe. Hi, Rob. Regarding running two apps side by side, I would love this feature because when I'm running Pocket Money and Money Whiz, I'm constantly switching back and forth. Regards, Bob in Hamilton, Ontario. Hey, Rob, this is Mike from Bellbrook, Ohio, and I was calling with the, the two apps that I would love to use in a split-screen mode if the new operating system supports that. 
I have an iPad mini retina installed in my car, which I use for Spotify and Waze. And I flip back and forth between the two. I would love to be able to display them both at the same time so that I can use the navigation part of the Waze and also the music selection of Spotify. Really enjoy the show. Great job. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Rob. Thanks to all that sent in feedback about iOS 8 and what they think it might look like and which apps they'd like. Thanks to Michael for this next one. Folks, are you curious how iOS might look on a 4.7-inch iPhone 6? Well, there is a new video that shows what iOS could look like running on said 4.7-inch iPhone. The video is a simulation that shows iOS 7.1 running on a 4.7-inch iPhone 6 mock-up. Which, okay, technically when the iPhone 6 comes out, the lowest level of iOS it will run would be iOS 8. So yeah, technically it's not even possible. But iOS 7 and iOS 8 probably going to look very much the same. So turn off the reality police for this simulation. Based on the rumors of a 4.7 inch display, that could mean the iPhone 5S resolution of 640 by 1136 would be bumped up to 960 by 1704. So 1.5x times bump up on each side. Now, one thing I take issue with in the simulation is they still have it four apps across. My feeling is with the larger 4.7 inch display, Apple would go to five apps across on the home screen and six apps up and down above the dock. So going from 20 app icons above the dock to 30 app icons, a nice 50% increase in apps above the dock. I think at this point, everyone would be shocked, amazed, and a lot of people disappointed if there isn't a larger iPhone come September. Thanks to John McGee for this next one, which is an article titled, Apple's iPhone 6 will have this revolutionary feature, which is the A8 processor, which the article says will be produced not by SAMI, but rather TSMC, and would use their 20 nanometer process versus the current 28 nanometer process. They speculate by making this change, Apple could just about double the number of transistors on the same size die. This would mean a more powerful processor using less power. They say it would actually rival some processors found in notebooks and low-cost desktops. Now, while I do agree that this is not only possible, but also very likely, I don't think improvements in power or processor specs will bring in new users, at least not in mass. Tech specs are confusing for many, or most, and Apple does not or has not tried to sell on specs. It just does not work for the masses. What does work is examples of what you can do with said power in your pocket and how Apple spins that increase in performance in a way mainstream users can get it. That will be a good indication on how well sales will go. But if Apple starts doing ads mentioning transistor count or density, look out, they are heading for a fall which I don't think they will do, by the way. Hey, time for a new segment. But what to call this segment? Well, let's get into the email bag. Hey, Rob, this rumor just doesn't seem to die. It reminds me of the Black Knight. Regards, Jason H. Hi, Jason. Brilliant. We will call this It's Just a Flesh Wound segment. It's just a flesh wound. And this first rumor, that is just a flesh wound, per what Jason emailed a link to, is the re-emergence of the rumor of NFC being in the next iPhone. Uh, no. NFC, flash, a removable battery, an SD card slot, and a physical keyboard are all things we must accept as features 
that shall not be gracing any future iPhones. So say we all. It's just a flesh wound. Hi, Rob. This is Jeff in Arkansas. I'm calling in response to uh, the last couple episodes where there's been some comments on the apps that allow you to have a second phone line that will that will call your iPhone. And I've actually been interested in this as well. Um, but what I'm really would like to see, I'm not sure if it's possible or not, or maybe somebody even mentioned it, but I didn't catch it. But what I'd like to have is not only the ability to have the the second phone number dial my cell, my iPhone, but also if it could give me a sec, a different ringtone when that happens. So basically, for you know personal calls, dialing my regular number, it it sounds normal, but then set a different ringtone. So you know, for example, if Google Voice allowed that to happen, if I was getting an incoming call from the Google Voice number, that my iPhone would would ring differently. And that way, if I'm using it for a business line. I can instantly know that it's it's you know somebody was calling my business line and I can answer the phone appropriately. Would love to hear if that's possible if anybody has any suggestions on that. Thanks. Bye. Jeff, thanks for calling in. And folks, if you have any suggestions for Jeff, give us a call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email back. Hi, Rob. I just asked for your feedback on Manila and on the previous episode, and you told me what you thought about using that type of financial app. Seems that most people must share your outlook below. Is an email that Manila just sent to me. Fortunately, on your advice, I had only registered a username but had not uh, used the service. Thanks for your opinion and all the hard work you do. Regards, Guy. And the email he's talking about is that, well, they're closing shop. And we can hear that from another email here. Hi, Rob. I've been using Manila for a while now and really like it, but I just got notice from them that it's going away in June. On this note, I'm looking for a replacement app to help me track uh, all my bills, due dates, balances, etc. If I have to update the info manually, I won't end up using it, so I'm looking for an app that will track my online banking data for me. If anyone knows of uh, an app out there in the TI community and has a suggestion, I would love to hear it. Regards, Jesse. Hi, Rob. On your last show, you had a listener looking for a good app to use with their personal uh, bank account. For the last three or four years, I have been using an app called Check. It lets you make a list of your bills, due, uh, due dates, and the ability to see how much money you have in your checking and savings account. It also shows you a list of transactions for the month. I use it to simply keep track of my finances. I do not use their pay my bills feature because of the hefty fees to allow them to write checks for you. I can do that myself. Thank you very much. It is a great app and to keep track of where you're at. I had zero problems with it and the customer service is very helpful. Regards, Oshkosh Josh. Hi, Rob. We should keep in mind and maybe issue a disclaimer with devices that incorporate a quick charge. This could cause overheating and fire explosion, as in the case in China. I do know, or at least it seems, my iHome devices charge quite rapidly with no problems. Regards, Mike R. in Texas. And this was in regard to the Kickstarter project Legion Meter that I mentioned in episode 307 and one I personally funded. And from their FAQ on the Legion Meter Kickstarter page, they have this item for Is It Safe? Quote, Legion Meter only signals to your device what it is already programmed to do. 
charging lithium-ion battery and mobile devices is handled by a charge management circuit already built inside your iPhone or iPad. Legion Meter does not directly modify the charge circuit and is as safe as any other USB port connection, unquote. Well, Mike, if they are being legit in the comments, and it does appear they are, then you should not have anything to worry about and no issues to worry about. They are not overcharging. They are charging at the max allowable rate per the built-in circuitry in your iOS device. Now, of course, if they are lying about this, then they are likely going to just take your money and run, and then there's no issue about overcharging because there'll be no product to overcharge your device with. But if they do get a product to you, I would expect it to work as advertised, and that is where it allows you the max current for charging, as currently iOS devices will limit charging current based on the type of charger connected to it. And per your comments about the Chinese issues with chargers, completely different. That was an issue where the AC to DC converter circuitry was not done very well, and it was allowing AC circuitry to get its way onto the DC side of the charger, and that's how people are getting electrocuted, and that is a completely different issue than what we're looking at or what you're concerned with here or what people might be concerned with, again, about overcharging. Two different things. Hey, I'm Tim out of Chicago. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm calling about the iStick on Kickstarter. And when I initially saw it, I thought, why? I mean, we've been using our devices for so long now without that capability. With the advent of Dropbox and other file sharing apps, and if, I mean, there's just too many ways to get the files you need on your iPad on, and on your iPhone. And what kind of files kind of capacity you need, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever and I think for the premium that they're charging for that amount of storage is just absolutely ridiculous it's just a product that begs for a, a problem uh, I don't think it, there is a problem I mean if you're an early adopter you're a tech tech guy that just has to have all the gadgets then by all means and I'm glad they hit their goal but I for one certainly don't need it. I, I don't even see why people could justify the cost, though. Just my two cents, Rob. Enjoy the show. Bye. Tim, thanks for your feedback. And I heard similar reports from other listeners, but then I heard exactly 180 degrees opposite from more listeners. And, you know, they were saying that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. We shall see. I do agree that with your comments there that it's a, definitely a premium for the amount of storage you're getting. It, it's not much different in pricing and compared to what Apple is charging for pricing and upgrades on gigabytes. So what I do expect to see is if this thing does get popular, which it seems it to be, it's already passed its goal, you're going to see Chinese knockoffs, low-cost Chinese knockoffs with similar storage capabilities in the near future at a much lower price point. Okay, Rob, it's Tim again. Now, here's a project I can get behind. Quick draw. One of the top quality cables you could ever buy for your iPhone or iPad, lightning connector. These things look awesome. And if they hold up the way that they say they will, then I would buy 10 of them. So that is my uh, recommendation for a Kickstarter project. I did go ahead and order two of the uh, extra long ones. And um, I'm uh, looking forward to getting those. I believe they uh, said about August time frame that those will be in. So the quick draw looks very promising with some really cool features like magnetic uh, 
clips to keep it in place and various uh, locations throughout your office or car or what have you. Uh, plus light meters they've just added to uh, indicate when the device is charged from across the room. These things look hardcore, man. Appreciate the show, Rob. Bye. Thanks, Tim, for the heads up on Quick Draw Cable, with Quick Draw being one word. This is in Kickstarter and has until Friday, May 23rd at 3.21 p.m. Central Time for funding. So this one will be over by the time many of you hear this episode. Sorry. This one had a goal of £10,000 and has raised over £38,000, so it is funded. Pricing for this is $25 or €18 for one quick draw cable. The description on this is, quote, At last, the cable that your iPhone and iPad deserve. High quality, elegant, functional, with a lifetime guarantee, unquote. Some of the features. Woven cable for strength and to reduce tangling, built-in magnetic cable tidy, compatible with all lightning-equipped 8-pin iPhones, iPads, iPods, Apple MFI certified, 1 meter, 3 plus feet long, lifetime guaranteed. That last item they are saying is to guarantee it will work with future Apple OS updates. As you may know, not all cables kept working after iOS 7 came out. Search for Quick Draw, one word, at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 308. Hi, Rob. Just wondering if you or your listeners could recommend a good Pico projector that works with the iPhone or an iPad. I need one for work here. I may have to make some quick presentations on the spot without any notice. The main features I want are as follows. At least two hours of battery life in case I want to watch a movie. My presentations usually just last 15 to 30 minutes. Small enough to fit in your pocket or at the very least in a backpack pocket. Prefer to work with Apple products using AirPlay or some other wireless connectivity method so I don't have to hook it up. I never have owned a projector and always used the big clunky ones for previous needs. Don't want to tote around something that big and don't always have an AC outlet nearby when presenting. I recently saw a Favi Pico J6, link in the show notes. That looked very promising, but it's so new, I can't really find a lot of feedback on it yet. Regards, Don from Gunnersville, Alabama. Don, thanks for the email, and for those of you out there that are my road warrior, presentator type people, do you have a Pico projector that you're using with your iOS device? If so, which one, and what do you think of it, good or bad? Let us know some that you've tried that you don't like. Let us know some that you absolutely love if you have a nice portable Pico projector for your iOS devices. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks to Michael for the heads up on this next one, which is about XLTE. If you are a Verizon customer and have an iPhone 5S or 5C, well, Verizon has a message for you. Quote, Verizon's XLTE is official, and it's bringing double the bandwidth to dozens of cities around the United States. The enhanced LTE service uses Verizon's AWS Spectrum to double the speeds previously available, unquote. Now, mind you, double the LTE speeds for Verizon customers means that basically in many places they are just getting up to par with AT&T and T-Mobile customers for the speeds they already had. Okay, that said, depending on where you live, Verizon may smoke AT&T and vice versa. But either way, once you are in the 20 megabit per second speed range or greater, you really will not see much real-world difference unless you are timing the download uh, of a large media file. And really, 
much faster XLTE just means a shorter period of time to blow through your data cap. Hi, Rob. It's Holly from Phoenix. I was just wondering if you or any of your listeners knew of an app that was for, well, in my case, massage therapist, but for someone who is looking to book clients and set it up as like a calendar, but have everyone's name, what time they're coming, what services they're getting, how much they're going to be charged for that session. I looked the whole app store for hours and found nothing that I really was looking for. So if anyone knows, that'd be super, 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 super wonderful. Thanks. Have a good day. Hi, Holly. I don't know anything off the top of my head that would fit what you're looking for, but I am hoping that someone out there listening does. If you know of an app that will meet Holly's needs, give us a call or send us an email today in iOS at gmail.com. Let us know why you like that app or, you know, what are some other apps you've tried that didn't work for you. Always nice to know some apps that don't work to how they're advertised so that people can save time and money by not having to download them. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm having an issue with the volume on my iPhone 4S. For a while now, I can't get the volume loud enough on my earpiece speaker so that I can hear a phone conversation. I've made sure the speaker is clean. I've never dropped the phone. But I think I first noticed this after I updated iOS 7. I do have the latest running iOS 7.1.1. I believe this is a software issue you may have discussed in the past. Any help would be great. Thank you and love the show. Regards, Rodney in Richmond, Virginia. Well, I think, Rodney, one of the things that was said in the past that helped some people that were having issues like this was to run the volume or run the power all the way down so the device completely dies. So run it down, get a movie, get YouTube, something, run it on there, and let that baby go until it's zero charge and it shuts off. And then leave it overnight, and then the next morning, then charge it again, and then charge it back up and see if that helps. If anyone else has any suggestions for Rodney, please give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hello, Rob. This is Golzar from Abu Dhabi. I'm a regular listener of your podcast for several years. I wonder why I haven't come across any technology analysts or Apple guessers predicting Apple TV's future as a gaming device. It is pretty obvious to me that the future of Apple TV is in gaming. When Apple releases the next version of Apple TV, it will be revealed as a gaming device that rivals the Xbox and PlayStation. With the gaming industry growing at a fast rate, Apple must find it quite attractive. There may not be any dedicated games on it right now, but I bet Apple are working closely with some of the makers of online games to release games for Apple TV. The processor in the iPhone 5S was proved to be a great device for gaming. This was demonstrated during the keynote address. It will be easy for Apple to target the gaming market with its Apple TV, which will also function as a media streaming device. Now let's see if this prediction pans out. Regards, Golzar. Hi, Golzar. I agree with you. That's one of the things I had mentioned previously on the show, that I did think the next Apple TV would have an app store and that it would also be a game machine or have some sort of game interaction. Let's see if that comes to pass, but uh, I'm really hoping that's the case because I was wanting to have it launched earlier this year before April so I could get it for my son for his birthday, but it didn't happen. And now maybe it will be released right after WWDC or at WWDC. But 
definitely overdue for a new Apple TV. So I think, Golzar, you're going to find out if your prediction is right in the next two weeks. Hi, Rob. This is Art from Fresno, California. I have a question for you and or your listeners. I would like to sync my iTunes library between two different computers on the same network. Is this possible? And if so, how? Thank you. Hi, Art. Thanks for the question. And what you're looking for here is Home Share with iTunes. Matter of fact, if you search Google Home Share iTunes, uh, what you'll find is a support article from Apple where they state, Home sharing in iTunes lets you share your iTunes media libraries between up to five computers in your household. You can also use home sharing to play your iTunes content on your iOS devices and Apple TV second generation if they are connected to your home Wi-Fi network. So again, Google Home, Share, iTunes, three words, and you should find a good article there from Apple Support Forums or Apple Support Articles. Um, and it will explain a little bit about home sharing and how to set it up. Thanks to quite a few of you for the links to this next one, which is word that in the lab, iOS 7.1.1 is jailbroken. My new jailbroken in the lab is a far cry from having an untethered jailbreak for mass consumption, but it is a big step in that direction. And mind you, in the past, when an exploit this late in the game, as far as when iOSs are released and the new betas are, are announced, when, when it's something this late in the game is discovered, the dev team has been known to sit on it and hope that exploit is still there on the next major release of iOS, which of course would be iOS 8 in the fall. I would say there is a chance, even if an untethered jailbreak is possible, it might not come until we are at a point where iOS 8's betas are out of testing. Actually, there is almost no, very little chance it will be available before the first iOS 8 beta is released. I'd say, yeah, no chance before the first beta is released, which should be on around June 9th. Now, if the iOS 8 beta is released and it's found that, that iOS 8 already covers this exploit, then they may go ahead and push out the jailbreak for 7.1.1, but if the iOS 8 beta comes out and the exploit is still there and they can jailbreak iOS 8 beta, then they're going to hold off releasing that jailbreak until iOS 8 goes goldmaster because they don't want to or tip their hand to Apple. Yep, the more I think about it, it may be that iOS 7.1.x and higher on the 7.1 or 7.x above 7.1.1 and higher will never get a jailbreak. Of course, it all comes down to whether the iOS 8 beta has the exploit in place that iOS 7.1.1 has that they just found to be able to jailbreak with. Thanks to Dr. John for this next one, and it is a CNET post titled, quote, before you buy an iPhone from Virgin Mobile, read this, unquote. From the article, quote, the hardware is fine, and so is the service. But if your iPhone ever needs replacing, watch out, unquote. Then the author takes you through many of the issues he had getting a replacement iPhone 5S after shattering the screen on the one he had purchased from Virgin Mobile. Seems a replacement from Apple Store would not activate on Virgin Mobile, and he goes through a list of frustrations. So this is an article, if you were thinking of going to, with Virgin Mobile, you well, might want to think again and make sure you get a ballistic case or some other protective case for your iOS device and minimize the chances of having to get a replacement. 
Thanks again. Go out to Dr. John for this next one. Quote, Apple on Tuesday made an iPad-friendly version of its latest iOS human interface guidelines reference material available to the public as a free download through the iTunes iBookstore. Unquote. This from an article over on Apple Insider. So if you are a dev or in training to be a dev, you will want to check out this iBook, which covers general design and concept rules. Understanding Apple's guidelines here will greatly help you in getting your app through and approved in the app review process. This iBook, of course, is free and you can download it now. But again, one of the reasons to get rejected for your app is by having it outside of what Apple thinks the user interface should be. So if you understand what Apple wants, you're going to greatly increase your chance of having your iOS app approved when you submit it. But hey, if you want to go it alone because you know better, go ahead, develop your app without any guidance from Apple and watch them say, no soup for you. Rob, it's Vince from St. Louis, Missouri, and I was just listening to you talk about uh, J.D. Power. Um, I work for a company that uh, we have, uh, we've been uh, rated in J.D. Power nine of the past ten years. Uh, the one year we worked, we didn't win the J.D. Power Award, um, was the year before we needed to pay to promote that we won it. With JD Power, you have to pay to advertise that you want JD Power, and it just so happens that the one year we didn't pay, the next year was the only year we didn't win JD Power. So I know what you're saying, but uh, about it, maybe that's what's going on. It just seems like JD Power's a little shady. So thanks a lot for all you do, Rob, and uh, keep up the good work. Hi, Rob. I have bounced from Apple Podcast app to Downcast to Pocketcast and Castro. I have spent the last year with the Apple, but when Pocketcast updates to 4.5 last week, I thought I'd give it a go. I have very restrictive settings for Wi-Fi only and no streaming. However, with Pocketcast last week, my data wheel span constantly and my iPhone 5 ran hot for the first time ever. Castro 1.1 dropped yesterday and the improvements and super simple use have made it super cool. You can now constantly play podcasts and the Wi-Fi only lockdown is brilliant. I love the Apple Podcast app, but this is my first app of choice for now. Keep a streaming of an Android-free world. Cheers, Craig in Liverpool. Craig, thanks for the feedback. And I'm starting to hear more and more people really liking the Castro app. That one seems to be the one... At least I haven't heard anyone complain about the Castro app. And we're seeing a lot of downloads from the Castro app over on the Libsyn stats, uh, more so than many of the other third-party aggregator apps that are out there. Not all of them, but uh, in a short time, Castro has definitely shot up the list. Hi, Rob. A nice YouTube client I use is called MXTube, one word, for YouTube by Mingjai and Ayu. It allows you to download videos for offline use and even has background playback for of audio. Some nice features include the ability to log into your YouTube account, access your subscriptions, and add offline videos to the playlist. It also has a clean-looking iOS 7 design. The app is universal and free. There is an optional one-time in-app purchase for $1.99 to remove ads. Regards, Jordan in Mass. 
Hi, Rob. I just heard people shared their choice of an iOS app to watch YouTube offline, and I want to contribute to this list. The app I really like for this purpose, it's called MCTube, M-C-T-U-B-E. There's a little story about this app. It was once stripped of its YouTube video downloading feature due to Google's complaint. At least that was the developer's explanation. As you can imagine, its users went ballistic because it was the whole point of downloading and purchasing its paid version in the first place. The current version does have this feature back and it's really easy to use. Sometimes I find it even better option to watch YouTube in general because it has sound volume slider. For some odd reason, the Google's app for YouTube does not have it. Regards, Artyom. Well, I got to use my Freedom Pop hotspot this past weekend when my son had a chess tournament. And it was super easy to use. Uh, you turn it over, there is the password right on the bottom of the device. You just go to the Wi-Fi network, which also is listed right on the bottom of the device. And you log in and put in your password. And bingo, bango, bango, you are on. Super, super easy to use. I used it all of Saturday. And I don't know, I used about 100 megabytes when it was all said and done. I just went and looked in my record. So not too bad, considering you get 500 meg of free in a month. And I'm only going to be using it a few times in a month. So very happy with that Freedom Pop hotspot. Again, make sure you turn the tap off off uh, in the billing section when you do get one. And I saw quite a few of you guys out there are getting them because you guys are friending me. So if you want to, you can friend me and then we get 50 megabytes of free data when you do that. So just uh, my today in iOS at gmail.com is the email I'm using for my Freedom Pop account. Hey Rob, this is Jeff. I'm just calling to give you some feedback on the TII app. I was listening to podcast 305 and you were having a discussion about dedicated podcast apps. And uh, I love the TII app except for one thing. If it pauses for too long or if you shut it down and bring it back, it comes back up with a request to resume playback or go to the newest episode, which is really difficult to do when you're paired with Bluetooth and driving down the road listening to the podcast. Am I doing something wrong or is that how it's supposed to be? It would be great if I could just resume play via Bluetooth without having to go through that prompt. Anyway, keep up the great work. Take care. And I recorded this on my iRig mic that you um, gave me some time ago. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hi, Jeff. The way the app works is the way it's supposed to work. If you've been away from playing an episode for a good amount of time, when you come back and open up the app again, it is supposed to ask you if you want to resume play where you left off or if you want to go ahead and go to the newest episode. So it's there to make it easy to resume play or go to a new episode if it's been a while since you've previously played an episode in a while here. It could be half an hour, an hour. Um, but yes, that is how the app is supposed to work. I will see if we can add some Bluetooth functionality into it so that you can go ahead from your Bluetooth device and click play to continue playing or resume playing from where you were. But right now, unfortunately, uh, the app is working the way it's supposed to work, which is to give you that pop-up message. If you are a podcaster or looking to become a podcaster, I want to remind you that the Podcast Movement Conference in August, August 16th and 17th, I believe the dates are, is coming up, and that is in Dallas, Texas, would love to see you there. Lipson is a gold sponsor of that event, and I will be there speaking. 
So again, podcast movement. If you are a podcaster or want to be a podcaster, this is going to be a very nice national event. If you want to know when new episodes of TII go up, look at the TII app, not just as the best way to consume the show, but also a great way to get push messages when new episodes go live, or there is other iOS breaking news. Just $2.99 in the App Store helps you get the most out of the show, and it helps support the show at the same time. Plus, it makes it really easy to email or call the show with your feedback. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone else said on this episode. Or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product for you, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on iOS device, just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. One more thing to remind you, we've got one more episode before the June 2nd iOS 8 launch or what we expect to be iOS 8 launch or announcement at www at wwdc keynote event so again june 2nd wwdc keynote event one more episode between now and then so get me in your feedback your guesses your speculation your wishes your concerns about ios 8 and any other products you think might launch at wwdc me i'm also hoping that there's a new macbook pro that launches with really quiet fan or no fan at all. That would be the best, is a MacBook line with no fan, so I don't have fan noise when I record. Anyway, that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. 